Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Journey, episode two. This is our weekly journal podcast-esque video series where Jenkins and I just talk about our pubs and how pubs are going and what's good, what's not good, and just kind of like documenting the process of trying to climb MMR and reach those ephemeral and sort of uh, fleeting goals. Because if, if there's one thing that I've noticed, Jenkins, it's that no matter who is number one on the leaderboard, they're only number one for a couple of days. And then there's another person. And there's always somebody trying to climb higher. So, um, yeah. It's true, man. People in this community, we are obsessed with the number. And uh, I get it. It's 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 because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's, there's TI. You always hear about the people who climb the leaderboards. They get some ranked games with, you know, PPD. They get noticed. They get brought up into a tier two team. And then all of a sudden the next year they're tier one and playing at TI. It's kind of like, uh, I think we had this discussion before, Donnie, but imagine if you could just queue into a game of baseball, something like that, and, and not have to go to these like pickup house leagues in your city. And uh, you could actually just play baseball with people that are exactly at, at your skill level. There wouldn't need to be colleges and there wouldn't need to be like varsity leagues and things like that because you could just scout. You could just scout people in those like pickup games, those like pubs, you know what I mean? Like if you could, we're actually really lucky in uh, esports to be able to have uh, matchmaking and going from the point where you're just playing for fun to the point where you're literally making millions of dollars off of the game is actually achievable for the average person so long as they are you know good enough at the game it's an entirely no... merit-based system right it's it's exclusively yeah. it's a like a exclusive meritocracy so at least i mean obviously there's politics at the higher levels um you know once you've been on a few teams and you kind of know people in the scene but as far as like somebody who's just trying to make it it's 100 percent merit-based and you prove that merit by having a very high number, right? Yep, and you can you can break into the upper echelon by having a high number. That's that's the thing is it's not unachievable. It's something that I've seen happen a long time or, or a lot right. over uh, a long period of time. And uh, so I think for a lot of people, it's not something that they are thinking about uh, consciously. It's just that that is always in the back of your mind. I know a lot of the Dota players that I've talked to in real life, um, like my brother-in-laws, my girlfriend, uh, people that I've met at events. It's kind of one of those things that like, if you could do it, you probably would because it's, it's like, it's kind of cool. It's like in the back of your mind. And the fact that it feels not as impossible as you know, getting into the NFL or something like that. Right. It feels like something that could actually happen if you're if you did get your number high enough. That is definitely something that uh, drives people to be obsessed with with the number. And um, at a certain point, it's like the number itself becomes more important than any, than any of that because you've just set you've just set this goal for yourself. I think that's a very uh, I don't know human flaw sort of thing. It's it's definitely not great. It it like becomes an addiction. It's like 
you know, you you drink to avoid the pain, and then at a certain point, two it's podcasts just like, we're talking. About you're just drinking to drink. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, let's, so let's let's talk about pubs. Let's talk about pubs. Then. No, no. Let's let's talk about motivation. I think that motivation okay. is kind of an interesting place to start because I sure. I think that both you and I have somewhat different, somewhat similar motivations for playing, and I think that the motivation for playing is kind of like a good place to sort of like formulate your approach to playing the game from because if you know why you're playing, then it's very easy to kind of like set goals and, and practice towards accomplishing those. Whereas if you don't yeah. know why you're playing and you're just like, like you're talking about, everybody sort of wants to, you know, be a TI winner. Right. But is that really your motivation? There's, there's gotta be something else because you can't just be going for that because it is so unrealistic because it is very hard to attain. And while it is kind of like dangling a carrot in front of you, it can't actually be your main motivation because it's just so unrealistic. I think, I think for a lot of people, um, okay, well, I'll I'll tell you what my motivation is. And this, this is going to sound kind of depressing, but, um, you know, basically I, I see, um, I see life as having no inherent purpose, I guess. Okay. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative or positive way. I just mean it in a a completely uh, neutral way. It's like the universe doesn't, uh, really give that much of a shit about us. Um, right. And um, I think a lot of the time that I have searched for meaning personally, I've come up not finding anything. And more and more, I'm starting to realize that uh, just, you know, living in the moment and enjoying life, just just having a good time every day is something that makes me very happy. You know what I mean? As a person, it's like that is what I have found. That if I just if I just do what I want every day, I just wake up the next day excited to be alive. If I look for meaning, I get very depressed. I get very anxious. I get very scared to actually go out and live. And uh, with Dota, it is it is just something that makes me quite happy to play. There are other games that make me very happy to play, but Dota is something that's you know I can play a hundred games and, and still you know still want to play the hundred and first. Um, and uh, generally, I've just always been motivated to be very good at at the the main thing that I'm doing. Like, I'm competitive. I think, I think a lot of people just have that uh, built in. They're just like competitive. There's like the younger brother theory, where a lot of people who are like younger siblings, they watch their their older siblings growing up. That they just are, they grow up very comp- hyper competitive because they, uh, you know, they see their it's they nature, see their, right? <laughs> you have to right. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, basically, my my motivation for playing Dota is just that I think that I have not apexed in terms of my skill, and I just want to see I just want to see how high I can go. And I'm basically enjoying the ride right now. I'm just I'm enjoying the fact that I'm part of this community. I'm enjoying the fact that I'm part of the Dota Alchemy community. I'm enjoying the fact that you know I can go to events and cast and do all these cool things. Uh, and and I think if I if I try to like attribute any higher meaning to it. It's just something that if I if I try to apply any higher meaning to anything that I'm doing, it just makes me very depressed because I fi- <laughs> I find that I find that there isn't one. I know that's a very depressing thing, but it, it's I'm I'm happy I'm happy with where with where I'm at. Sure. Uh, thinking thinking this way. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, is this where I tell you what my motivation is? Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I guess I was I guess I was leading to that. I just kind of assumed. Okay. Um. Well, I don't know. I think it's something that's kind of changed, and it, it continues to change depending on like where i'm at personally i guess um i think i think for me like 
you know, it, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible for somebody who's like in their 30s to be a professional gamer, but I don't really care that much. You know, again, it's like, it's one of those things where like, if I had the opportunity to play TI, of course I would play because I want to prove myself to myself on the biggest stage possible in like whatever I'm doing. That's always, always been, that's how it was. And all the sports given, I play. Do you have older old, older siblings? No, I don't. I just have no. always been this way. I've always wanted to be the best um, at anything that I do. But I think a lot of that. And so this is something that has kind of been a realization for me over the last couple of years, and even more so in the last maybe like twelve months or so. Which is that I've always wanted to be the best, but not necessarily been willing to put in the work to do it, and just kind of assume that like natural talent because I've. I don't know. I've just been naturally good at a lot of things that I've tried in my life. Um, and, you know, I've been shit at some for sure, but I just, I feel like I have, at least with like athletics and competition, I've always been pretty just naturally good. And so I've definitely skated by a little bit on that. <laughs> Not, me. Not me. I was the last place fat ass in like every truck field event. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of interesting because obviously, like, I mean, I know that you work extremely hard at being good at Dota. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say that I do, um, you know, I, and I think even more recently, I've been realizing that I have sort of like a, an ego attached to the, the, like the state of, of my gameplay, but it's almost like an unrealistic one because I realize that I'm like, you know, out of the moment, I realize I'm like, not really trying that hard so why would i be that good right um but i just like expect myself to be there and so i don't know it's it's just kind of an interesting realization to have uh but ultimately i think my motivation for continuing to play is just that i i like the challenge and i think like you i don't feel like i've apexed at all i don't feel like i've even come close uh and so it's kind of interesting to just kind of explore that um yeah to varying degrees of success the people who really impress me are the people that go and they work some like hard ass job and they come home and play two matches a night and, and they're like immortal top three hundred. Yeah, like stand kings and, and stuff like that. It's like, well, how do you do that? Yeah, how do you do that? I don't understand. I know. I remember there was some post on our Dota two like a year ago or something like that. There was like a, a dude who was married, had like a three year old kid or something like that, and he was like, I don't know, top five hundred or something like that. He was like a, I think he was like an an awfully in a bad and spammer or something like that. But it was one of those things where it's like, he, you know, he works like corporate America and then his just sort of downtime is, is, is like relaxation is Dota two every couple, you know, every evening or so. And he's just playing between right. five and 10 games a week and wins like 70% of them because <laughs> he probably values that time playing Dota more than most. What was do. that? Um, what was that podcast you linked me with Joe Rogan? What what was the dude's name? Uh, like the no, tech Naval Ravikant, right? The tech tech billionaire, whatever. The guy that guy's got things figured out, but he was saying uh, that he thinks people should have you know one main focus in life, and then everything else should just be uh, tertiary and and just kind of to to ease your mind and to relax you. And if it's not, um, if if it's not um, you know contributing to your like mental health, don't spread yourself too thin. 
right. to 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 do those things because it's not it's not your main focus. And that's why it's always impressive when you have these people who are working like corporate jobs and they come home and they de-stress by being immortal at Dota. <laughs> I know, like, right? How smart are you that you de-stress with this? Yeah, this is not your focus because I think people naturally do that. They'll focus on one thing. It's like, you know what? Let me get into like a bit of a tangent here. But New Sham is obviously an incredible Dota player. Barely plays the game, still an incredible Dota player, very much like uh, you know Z Freak. We played Diablo, Diablo three for uh, when I was playing on a team with him. We played Diablo three just in our off times for fun, a couple hours every day. And I swear to God, he's so good at that game that he carried <laughs> us. They had they had these like rifts, and you would compete to get higher and higher rifts. And the, it was like these dungeons that you would complete, and monsters would get harder and harder depending on the level of the rift. Right. So. The whole the whole shtick was like, okay, let's see how high we can go without dying. And uh, basically, we were playing for fun. And because he was telling me, oh, Jenkins, you need to build this. You need to put this gem in this item. Like He was micromanaging me like crazy. <laughs> we were playing with Mari, who was our other teammate at the time. He was micromanaging her like crazy. She's better at games than I am. So she she didn't need as much micromanagement. as I, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> we got like top 20 or something for the uh, co- class combination that we had in the world. Uh, in in rifts because mm-hmm. he was ca- he was carrying me that hard, and we were playing casually. And it was the most mind blowing thing to realize that Newsham is just the type of guy that he plays a game and he's just fucking good at it. <laughs> he just gets really good at it casually because he enjoys that. For me, it has to be my main focus. And I think there's you know different learning styles and stuff, and a lot of people are different. Maybe I'm just making excuses. He just puts in a lot of effort, but um. Everything that we have played, he would always be genuinely very like no bullshit good at it. You know, you know when you're like you play Smash Bros and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm probably pretty good at Smash, and you just you couldn't actually compete at a tournament right. by any means. Like it's you, you feel like you're good because you're playing with a group of friends who also suck. Yeah, I, I thought it was like that with New Sham for a while, but then you know we play Diablo and it's like, oh, we're top twenty, top thirty or whatever <laughs> because he's just carrying me. Um, feels feels bad. Feels bad, man. I mean, do you think that he is like? I, I would say that probably he spreads himself less thin than you do. Uh, I think so. I think he does a lot of... It's probably he's like completely he's just like game. super into that game, and that's why he's, he's good. I mean, obviously, there's some sort of natural talent and ability to like break down a problem and solve it, but I would assume that it's probably just like... He just generally enjoys the process of learning how to do something, how to be good at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's and, the thing. I've learned... I learned to enjoy learning. Right. Like, within the past year. Honestly, with like Dota Alchemy and Pugna... Um, and talking to other pro players, like actually talking and listening, it, it has helped me enjoy the process of learning. I realized for a long time in playing pro, I, I was I was very reluctant to actually learn. It was like you know shoving a watermelon through through like a brick wall. Like yeah, I would eventually you know eventually you'd get pieces of the watermelon through like little cracks in the wall, and I'd learn something, but I wasn't open to it. Right. And um, I'm finally you know taking these like coaching sessions with people, and. Um, they tell me something and it's like it's so fun to hear something you've never heard before and go and actually apply it and see your see your number go up it's 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 a long process and usually when you first hear something it doesn't feel good but it is very rewarding um after after a while and um i have i've actually not felt that in dota for for a long time because i I wasn't i didn't realize how unopened to it i was even as like a professional player yeah such a slow process for me yeah i mean i think part of of dota is just generally at least like once you have grasped the the basics of the game generally you kind of come up with like an idea of the game and how you you like to play it what you think is good what's winning you games and i think that everybody 
wants to hold on to their idea of what's good, like, like a vice grip, basically. You know, it's, it's such a balance. It's such a balance. Like you want to open it up sometimes and close right. it off other times. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually incredibly arrogant to think that you know everything <laughs> about the game and how it should be played. And I think that that's how everybody, myself included, approaches the game most of the time, which is like, it's like, okay, well, I've played, you know, X number of games on this hero. Or, you know, this item build has worked for me 10 or 15 times. So clearly it is the only way to do things and everybody right. else is wrong. It's like, you know what, there's what, like, probably 350,000 to 400,000 people that play Dota every month unique and you're probably even even if you're in in the immortal in the immortal bracket you're still like you know top 5 to 10,000 in the world yep <laughs> like there's there's that's a lot of people that know other stuff it's a lot you. of people you want to hear like a cool little tidbit that I heard uh, recently when I took a coaching session with uh, Husky, who's like a rank, he's like a rank 55 role player. So I was just like, right, I'm, I'm going to learn what, you know, what entails like playing a good five in pubs and competitive or whatever. Um, he said, he told me this concept of uh, the bottom rune spot and why it's so much more important to ward that than the top rune spot. And it's because if you're in the laning phase and you ward the bottom rune spot, the mid laner can just walk up like two feet and see what the top rune is. And then if they see the bottom rune with a rune ward, then you basically have vision on both runes. So yeah. it's like there's this difference between the rune spots that as an offlaner and as generally like a side lane player, I wasn't thinking about. Like imagine if a Pudge gets a haste rune and you have a rune ward on the top rune because, hey, they're both runes. Who cares? I'll just put it on the top of the top rune spot. And he gets a haste rune bot. You can't just walk down and see the Pudge with the haste or see the haste rune there and avoid the gank. But if you have one rune ward bot and you can just walk up top and see that there's a haste and see that somebody grabbed it, you can avoid every single rune gank mid from one single ward. That blew my mind. That blew my, I learned that like yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that that's, blew my mind. that's something that I've been doing and thinking about for a long time. But then sometimes I'll just forget that I know that this is a fact. <laughs> it's way better to, to, to ward the bottom one and then I'll ward the top. And I, like, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'll be like, wait. Why am I wording the top? <laughs> like I should be wording the no, bottom. There's no point. There's yeah. no point actually. <laughs> really, it's so, it's so close. And um, it's funny because little tidbits of information like that in the games where it does matter, it can be so impactful that it can yeah. it can be the difference between winning and losing a game. And that's why it's really hard to see what is winning top players' games because it's a, a whole combination of a lot of little things like that where they're just getting a little bit more information or a little bit more of a probability of seeing some information in a game. And just consistently, they're winning more games because because of choices like that. They're not warding the top room, they're warding the bottom room because you can just walk and see the top room. I was I was not doing that. Yeah. I straight up was not doing that as a five-roll support. You know, I can make the excuse that I'm not a five, but I just wasn't thinking about that information because, I don't know, there's a lot to the game. You can't yeah. just think of everything. Yep, exactly. Speaking of the game... How, uh, how have your games specifically been this week? Uh, they've been okay. I've uh, essentially, I've climbed from like low 6K to almost 7K. I'm like 6.9K right now, which is great because my goal was 7K. So I'm, I'm definitely going to reach my goal pretty soon. But I feel like for the past week, I've been playing like kind of apathetically for whatever reason. Um, going back to like the Joe Rogan podcast, I 
really think that my mind is not in great order right now. Uh, just talking about it like this does help. I've been writing, I've been trying to write stuff down. I wrote on a whiteboard before we talked and just wrote out, wrote out all the stuff that I need to do. That definitely helps. Uh, you know, like you have um, Jordan Peterson says like, do your dishes, clean your room. Like if your if your life is cluttered, your mind will be cluttered. And my mind is definitely in a cluttered space. To give you an example, I was um, opening up a tea bag, and you know how they have them like the little baggies, and then you peel it open, and then you drop the tea bag in your drink. I put the baggie like the trash in my tea, and then drop the tea and the tea bag in the garbage. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there thinking, holy fuck. If this is Dota, I'm just feeding a kill right now. <laughs> that, that thought. Like, right. Your mind just sometimes goes into these states where you're not thinking absolutely straight. And luckily for me, I'm still winning pubs recently just because autopilot's carrying me enough to be a slightly above 51% win rate. I'm also picking overpowered heroes and getting kind of lucky with teammates. So yeah. I am winning. Also, but luckily not you're not winning like driving or something like that because, you know, like I notice that sometimes even just like in life. Where it's true you'll just it's like scary man like, like the teabag thing or you'll just like just kind of like be lost in thought and you're just like oh shit like i didn't have right away and i just went at the stop sign or like i don't remember the last like like five times i took off my shoes or put my wallet over on this counter that i just like autopilot put my wallet over here and now i can't find it for like 10 minutes and you're just like yeah what yeah. am i doing right now i'm spending 10 right. minutes looking for a wallet that i literally never lose because i put it in the same place every time and i just didn't do it this time i like to call them like invasive useless thoughts where you yeah. just are constantly thinking about so many things but because i don't know anxiety or you just have a lot on your plate uh but you're thinking them at such a base level that it, they're just useless like they don't do anything because other thoughts interrupt them before you come up with anything meaningful mm -hmm. from the thoughts so you're just constantly thinking the same useless bullcrap uh and then more useless bullcrap is interrupting the useless bullcrap and oh it's all shit it's all just shit in your brain yeah and um i actually wrote something for this a little bit but i was thinking about just the fact that um this is me trying to essentially get back to the point where I'm winning pubs and feeling confident in my play. But uh, basically, I, I was thinking that, you know, going back to the whole universe being in, inherently neutral and not caring that you exist. I also think that if you, if you look out to the universe, you'll look out and see a lot of disorder. And uh, if you look at your life, you'll see a lot of disorder. If you think about your thoughts, you'll, you'll feel a lot of disorder. Uh, like shit can happen in your life to complicate things at any moment, right? So if you're worried about that, nothing's going to stop you from, from, from that being true. Like that is, that is, you know, correct no matter what. And, um, I think that's why exercises like cleaning your room and, uh, you know, doing dishes and writing things down helps is not because it is actually applying order to the disorderly. It's more that you feel like you can get a hold of things. You can actually grasp the disorder and make something of it. It's like a confidence exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you just feel like, you know, when you meditate or when you write things down or whatever, that because you're applying order to the disorderly there, whenever it, you know, comes and bites you in the ass in the future, you can, you can just do it again. You're fine. You'll, you'll be able to, you'll be able to deal with it. It's more of like a, just a mental blockade that exists for you. You just have to have some epiphany where it's like, okay, I, I can do this. And that's kind of what I'm searching for right now. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to that point where I feel that, I feel that ability to apply order 
yeah again and, and that's dude. how we get 7k man that's dude. it dude i mean that is that right there is like the crux of everything that we're trying to do with dota alchemy right which is to be able to sort of create a formula where people can go on a losing streak and be like boom i fixed it and then suddenly your losing streak's over but it's so hard and you know we're both you and i are still searching for that but like even in the last three days, I went on a five-game losing streak, picking heroes that I play a lot, that I think I'm pretty good with, and I just felt like I had zero control over every single game. And then... That's how I'm feeling, man. That's yeah. how I'm feeling. And then I played three games in the last 24 hours, and I felt like my team could have literally been, like... Like... I don't know, like dogs, like no opposable thumbs sitting at their like owner's computer, just like licking their keyboard to hit their keys. And I would have been able to carry the game. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't, how did that happen? I don't know, but I do know that I would like to figure that out. And I'm trying to, and a couple of things that I did between the losing streak and the winning streak is that I played less and I went back and I, watched a replay and then i actually just watched like a pro player game from their perspective in a pub and took notes and i just took notes of stuff and i thought that, that was pretty cool because that's not something that i normally do but the effect you know it's it's definitely like a is it a cause and effect relationship or is it just coincidence is it um obviously three game winning streak after doing that is not enough data to say this you is how you do it, for it though. you feel it you yeah. feel when you, that's the thing is it's based on a feeling and the problem for me is i had that feeling for a week straight where i felt like they could be dogs and i could be winning and then just three days or whatever maybe even a little bit longer of just feeling like i have no control over the game and it feels <laughs> it feels really bad to go from such a high yeah to to a low like win or lose you feel it yep it's it's so weird um and to the end i just wanted to share a couple of notes that i wrote down from watching this game and it was just like I don't think I was even watching that good of a player necessarily. It was just like some like top 150 pub player. I don't I don't think it was a pro or anything like that. Um and I was just kind of like like switching around through perspectives and just watching them play for a little bit, seeing where they were on the map, just watching the mini map. And I noticed a couple things, just a couple little tricks that I've never known before. I didn't know that you could quell wards from smoke. That's pretty fucking cool. And that's actually a huge deal as a support who wards because normally you go on a warding mission in smoke, you find a ward and you're like, wait, do I reveal that I'm here and deward this with attacks? No, you just have a quelling blade and you can deward it and nobody will know. And then the other note was that uh, I noticed that people bail more readily on fights if you can create pressure somewhere else. You don't have to like, I think at least at, at ancient and below, probably divine below, probably even low immortal and below people think that once you're in a fight it's like last man standing <laughs> it's like it's, it's like true. all right the fight has started and we are gonna fight until there's literally nobody left on the other side and that's why these fights drag on for like three minutes because people are like buying back tping in respawning running back to the fight and it's like it's not about who's left it's about did you get something successful done from this fight and now is there an objective that you can get and so I noticed that like really good players will be like, cool, we got like a kill on their support and now there's too many heroes here 
And so I'm just going to leave and go push out a late because there's four people here. And so, see ya. Like, it's not like they won the fight necessarily, but they won the fight because they got the kill and then they left and did something else too. The TPs are important too. If you can force people to TP rotate, it's sometimes more important than killing them because they're just stuck in some area of the map that they don't want to be at. Yeah. They can't farm a jungle that's already farmed or when there's two cores in one lane. Just leave. Don't give them a kill and they, they, they get absolutely nothing from that. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's just cool. Like, those those little types of realizations can actually be a pretty the big warding thing. The warding thing, something that I learned recently, is I was playing with, uh, I think, Save Dota, and um, we were actually, we were scrimming, we were playing on a team, and he said uh, he put a ward on a cliff, and there was a sentry there dewarding it, like an enemy sentry. And he said, don't hit that sentry. They, they don't know that ward is there. Right. And I was just thinking, holy shit. The <laughs> amount of times, as a support, that I've dewarded an uphill... When it's just not necessary, because even though the sentry's there, you have to actually get vision of the uphill. Right. If you just put the ward down and and leave the sentry there, it's almost it's, better. It's like a double. It's like a it's like a bluff. Yeah. It's, it's almost better better because they've already deworded it, so there's like there's no way exactly. there's a ward there. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and um, just learning things like that eh, it feels good, man. It feels yeah, good. Definitely. Uh, cool. Well, we're at like 30 minutes, so I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts about this week in PUBG? We kind of talked a lot about non We talked stuff, a lot. But... Yeah, it's, I mean, this That's... is all in relation to PUBG, though. Like, this is yeah. what I think about going into PUBG. Yep. This is how I, how I figure out how to win, getting, getting my mind straight, so. Yeah, I think one thing that I do notice looking at my stats is that I've been dying a lot. Even though I've been playing almost exclusively position 5 support, I've been dying too much, so my goal for this next week is to die probably like two less times on average and i think that'll probably translate into a, a big spike in my goal is just to, to just think more clearly going into games i'm just being so lazy with stuff like sentries a sand king and when to cut the wave and I just, I just need to think more clearly <laughs> cool man well maybe that starts with uh, uncluttering something else but um Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoyed episode two of The Journey. Let us know what you think about it in the comment section below. And um, you can listen to the audio version on our Anchor FM account, which is also going to be linked in the description. Um, that's where we host Huck Me Answers as well. Uh, and as always, thanks for your support watching our videos and sharing it with your friends and stuff like that. So uh, we will see you next time.